Welcome to this podcast from Christchurch London. For more information and resources, please go to ChristchurchLondon.org. Um, so, thanks for being here on this Our Vision Sunday. You will see that we're doing things a little differently today. Firstly, you get two speakers for the price of one, so lucky you. Um, and also, we're just sitting down, and you may think, that's a bit strange. Um, so last year, when we did this, we brought in a rug from our home, and we kind of made it like our lounge, because that was basically where we spent all of our time in our house. We've moved house since then, and now the kitchen is where we spend all of our time. And so we're basically wanting to invite you into our kitchen. These are our chairs in our kitchen. This is stuff from our kitchen. We have yellow accents around our kitchen, which you'll notice when you come over. Um, and because we... Yeah, we don't think that we're the kind of people that can do like a big kind of raise your hands in the air, let's get excited about this vision kind of stand up and shout thing. But we are people who can talk to you and share our hearts with you about what we want this service and this community to be. So just kind of relax. Imagine that we're having this conversation around our kitchen table after pancakes on a Saturday or maybe a meal in the evening. And we're just going to talk to you about what we think Christchurch is all about. And if you were over our house and you did say, if you are new to Christchurch, which I guess some of you are, and you'd say, well, what is Christchurch all about? Then because I've been working for the church for three years, we came to London to be part of the church, and I'm very invested in the vision. I may well say, well, the vision of Christchurch is to work for the cultural, social, and spiritual renewal of the city. That is what we are about. We think that church shouldn't just be about the quote-unquote spiritual side of life, but it should be about all of life. We think that when Jesus said that he came to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth, he meant it. And so being a Christian is not just about kind of waiting to die to go to heaven, which Liam will talk about in a few weeks' time, but it's actually about bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth right now. And so we think that all of life is really important to God. And so that's why we not only want to help people explore and find faith, which we do, we are very passionate about that. That's kind of the central uh, reason for being. But also we want to help people uh, be equipped to work wherever they are in life. And then I might also say uh, something about kind of three core values to us, which hopefully all begin with the letter E. So we like to say that we want to be a community that is engaged with everything empowered by the Spirit. And so we want to be engaged. Um, by that, we want to mean that everything is accessible, everything is open and welcoming to anyone and everyone. Um, people who are exploring faith, even skeptical of faith, as well as people who want to grow in faith. And so we want all that we do, every conversation we have, to be open to those who have no church background, who have different church backgrounds, so that we can just live in an engaged way. And all of our conversations with people at work, at home, in our neighborhoods are done in such a way that we can help people on that journey to faith. And then we want to be engaged with everything. As I said, our vision is for everything. Now, when I grew up, I grew up in the church, and the church culture I was a part of pretty much said that the most important thing you can do is work for a church, which obviously I internalized a bit. And the most important thing anyone can do with their time is to serve in the church. Now, don't get me wrong, I think that church leadership is really important, and I think that serving in the church, well, church doesn't happen unless people serve in it, but that is not the be-all and end-all. If we want to live in a flourishing society, then we need people to take the best of who they are and do that wherever they are. And so we want to be engaged in everything. We think everything matters to God. We think that he is giving us resources and relationships, opportunities, experiences, and all of that should be used to help the whole of London flourish. So we are very passionate about that. And then we want to do everything engaged, empowered by the Spirit. We realize we can't do this on our own, in our own strength. We want to be a community that kind of learns what it is to know the presence of God with us and his power with us. In Exodus 33, Moses says to God, um, if you're not with us when we go, then what's the point? 
What is the point of going out unless the presence of God is with us? What will distinguish us from any other group unless we have the presence of God? And so that's what we want. We want the presence and power of God in our meetings, in our lives, in our daily lives. So everything engaged in power by the Spirit. And you may say, if you're around our kitchen table, well, that sounds like a great vision. I kind of understand those values. But what does that mean for the South Service? How does that vision get worked out in this particular community? And at that point, I'm probably bringing my wife. Um, and it, until pretty recently, I think I would have genuinely struggled to know where to start on that. I would have told you that we have so many dreams, that Tim and I have so many dreams, and that we are aware that within this room there are so many dreams of what we want to do as a service. I would have said that we want to get into schools and colleges, that we would love to work alongside young people who've been affected by gangs, that we'd love to get um, by um, vulnerable children and their families and see mentoring or tutoring or um, employability programs start. I would have said that um, we would love to, and this is one that I would have loved to do and just have not got around to yet, that we'd love to befriend the older people in our community. But it's not just that. I tell you about people from the service who have got a heart for so many different things. People who've got a heart for business, people who've got a heart for sustainability and the planet, people who've got a heart for global justice, people um, who've got a heart for creating and making and storytelling. But as we have kind of talked and thought and prayed about today and prayed about what we want to communicate to you, yes, of course we have got dreams. Of course those things are all true. Of course we would love to see how God might impact this community through us, about um, the kind of grace that he might give us to start things here that make a difference. But as we have come to think and pray about this, above all of that is really who we are becoming as people. So a vision for the type of people that we want to become, a vision for a community of people whose hearts are growing together. So we have found our hearts drawn again and again and again to this thought that um, we want a vision for the people that we are becoming rather than the things that we want to do or the things that we want to do in the future. So today um, I get the privilege of articulating a bit of that to you, that we are just so convinced that as we become a loving, worshipping, discipling community, that just by doing that we will grow into the people who can see and carry and outwork all of those things, all of the plans that God has for us, not just in our homes and families and in our communities, but also kind of inside and outside the church, in our neighbourhoods and in everywhere else that God places us. So um, I don't know about you, for those of you who've been here over the past few weeks, I have so enjoyed this last series that we've done on worship. Um, we've kind of done that, so I'm not going to talk today about what it looks like to become a worshipping community. If you've missed the last few weeks, then do listen to them. Instead, I'm going to talk about how we become a loving and discipling community. So when Tim and I first started um, kind of thinking about um, the South Service, or in fact the precursor to the South Service, which was our first um, connect group, the South Central Neighbourhoods, snappy title, uh, <laughs> connect group, um, we kind of gathered people around us with a, with a vision to be good neighbours and do good in our neighbourhood. Um, and at that stage, I think we probably would have spoken a bit more about what we wanted to do rather than the type of community we wanted to do it from. Although that is something that's always been on our hearts. So one of the things that I think we've learned along this journey is that community doesn't just happen, but that you have to build it. So, as I say, this is my privilege now to share a bit about our vision for community. Um, and when we say community, and I'm kind of talking about you lot, we will also um, use the word family. And I say that because that is the extent to which we consider ourselves to belong to you as family. Um, please don't see that as a barrier if you've had a difficult experience of family. When we say family, we mean a healthy, life-giving community. 
Um, of course, not without its conflict or stuff to work through, like all families do, but basically and thoroughly good. And family, just for us as well to say, is nothing to do with whether you are single or married, whether you are young or old, whether you have children or not. It includes everyone. So yeah, I'm just going to spend a few minutes outlining three aspects of our kind of vision for community. Firstly, we want to be a community that values everyone. We want to be a community that truly values all people. Whether, like I said, you're young or old or single or married, whatever you spend your time doing, whether you're paid a six-figure salary or whether you are not paid at all, we value you. We want to truly see the dignity and worth of all people. Not just seeing skill or gifting, not just seeing energy or ideas or resources. We want to value people and value hearts. We want to be a people who value each other in this room as equals, who speak to each other as equals, who treat each other as equals. And this is something that I'm committed to kind of growing and we're committed to growing and nurturing in ourselves as well as in this community. I want my heart to be less easily persuaded that the value of a person is determined by the resources they've got or the influence they can have. Instead, let us live as a community that understand that the value of something is determined by the price that someone is prepared to pay for it. Your value, my value, the next person's value has already been determined. There was one who was prepared to pay, who paid it all. Our value is determined by the cross, it's determined by Jesus' blood. And that goes for me, my life, that goes for you, your life, that goes for the next person's life. We are all equal in this room. London is such a tricky place for this idea, isn't it? Such a tricky place. It will tell you that worth is relative. It will tell you that you should prize youth or beauty or status. It will tell you that you shouldn't value people equally. It will pull you into a shadow of the deceitfulness of wealth or of power or of influence. But let us be a community that is an antidote to that, that lives as an antidote to that. A community that is diverse and is better for it. Jesus chose as a foundation for his community a really diverse group of people, um, a kind of motley bunch of people who wouldn't normally be found together in community. He took people who were different and he made them into a beautiful community. He broke divides between Jews and Greeks, between slaves and free, between male and female, and that's what we want to do as well. That's part of our vision. Secondly, we want to be a community who know one another and are known by one another. Being known is such a powerful thing, isn't it? Supporting not just our sense of community and our togetherness, but actually it also supports our own individual identity as well. Do you know that you are fully known? Do you feel fully known? You are. Many of us in the room would say that one of the most incredible things about relationship is God, with God is that we can grasp that we are fully known and loved. And the Gospels give us loads of examples of this. Examples of Jesus meeting people and communicating to them that he sees what they kept hidden. One of my favorites is the story of the Samaritan woman at the well who goes out in the middle of the day when no one else is around, but yet she meets Jesus and her shame falls off and she finds freedom as she realizes when Jesus speaks to her that he knows her and he loves her. We are all fully known by God. I am known. My good, my bad, my shame, my fear, my pride, everything about me is known by God. And there is such freedom in that. From the love and acceptance, there comes freedom. And if I wasn't known, there would be this fear in me of being find, found out. 
being found out. I don't want that to be um, how we work as a community. I want there to be no hiding here. I want us to build a community where we are really free to be open with one another where freedom abounds because we understand that we're known by God and as a result we can encourage and draw one another into what he has for us as individuals. So can I encourage you, if you feel lonely here or if you feel unknown here, yes, of course we want to do all that we can to welcome you into this community, but can I encourage you to take a step towards that as well? Can I ask you to be brave and to start a conversation or to get yourself into a connect group or to join a Sunday serving team? Make yourself vulnerable and start a conversation. There's no shortcut to that. I know it's really tricky, but there is no shortcut to building community, and it takes us all to do it. So what do we need to do to do that? Well, firstly, we, just, we need to be in each other's lives in real life. We need to be in each other's lives in person, um, in and out of each other's homes, um, on walks together, um, in the pub together, having coffee together, having dinner together, playing with our children together, just the day in, day out, everyday stuff of life. We need to give time to that. And maybe we do need to spend less time on our screens and more time in conversation, speaking and listening to one another. Let us be people who laugh together and cry together. Let us be people who worship together and argue together and debate well together. And through all of that, people who get to know one another and become better known by one another. Let us be people who get to know each other's dreams and fears, our disappointments and the things that we feel like we've carried for years on our own. That's how we'll build a community where we know and are known by one another. We just want to be people who walk together and talk together through all of life. We want to be a community who are known and know one another. Thirdly, again, this is kind of how we do that, I suppose. We want to be a community that speak love and speak truth to one another. Jesus says that people will know that we are his disciples, not by what our Sundays look like, not by what we get done together, but how we love one another. So if we are a community who want to love deeply and sincerely, if we want to love vulnerably and formatively, we need to speak love and truth. We need to actively open our mouths and speak. And as we've thought about this, we've personally, and I've certainly personally felt challenged about this, what am I speaking to you in this room about? What am I speaking to you about in conversations? Um, what are we speaking about as a community? We want to own as individuals that we can impact one another's lives for good with our words. We can sharpen one another, we can pull one another towards good, we can point one another towards God, and we can choose to do that by speaking love and speaking truth. As I said before, we want to be open, we want to speak where there is no hiding. We want to be a community that can challenge one another, that can ask difficult questions, have difficult conversations. We want to be a people um, that will benefit from that and see that. We all need that, we all need those questions and challenges sometimes, even when it's painful. How are we doing on that as a community? Um, and a, another thing is that we want to be a community who are really good at celebrating and encouraging one another. Are we a community that cheer one another on? In my really early days at Christchurch, I met with two friends, Vicky, who sat over there, um, and Tanya, who um, now lives in Oxford. And we met to pray, and I think we might have read books, studied some books together, reasonably regularly. Um, but one evening, we decided that we would take time to verbalize the things that we loved and admired about one another. Um, 
it was a really, I mean, uh, you do kind of do this in the moment and you, you have these sort of things. I remember doing it in a youth group where you sit and you say, well, everyone say something kind about it. Well, this wasn't like that. Like we took time to prepare. We wrote things down and we thought about it. And there was something, um, as I've been thinking about this kind of theme that's just come back to me on that. It was such a profound and powerful evening to me. There was something so incredible about sincerely declaring over someone the good that you see in them. And it also, and this is an aside really, but also it freed me of jealousy that I felt towards both of those friends. Though they, they had skill and gifting that I didn't have, and even though they were my close friends, there was a part of my heart that was jealous of that. But by verbalizing to them what I saw in them that was good, I became someone who cheered them on in that. And that was so freeing. And actually that was something that probably had one of the biggest impacts on building a long, long-term friendship with them. I would thoroughly recommend that. How else do we um, celebrate and how else do we challenge one another in truth and love? Well, can I suggest that another great way to do that is by praying together and listening to God for one another. Prayer and listening. So dialogue with God and dialogue with one another. Let us know our Bibles. Let us use them to build one another up. Let us use them to sharpen one another, pointing one another towards God. Are we, as a community, and we've talked about this a bit in the worship series, are we becoming more aware of how God speaks? I want us as a community to be learning how to hear his voice more clearly, more often, with sharper focus. So speaking love and speaking truth comes in prayer and comes in conversation. So we have a vision of community growing in love, in truth, because we speak it to and because we live it out before one another. And this, this is definitely a journey, and some of us are further along than others. Tim won't mind me saying, because I've asked him, that he can struggle with that, you know, that gear change or gear crunch sometimes when you go from, oh, it's an evening of banter, oh, it's, now we're going to talk about deep things. Um, and it can be more awkward for some of us than others, but we have a vision where together we get better at doing that, where it becomes really natural to speak deeply. So if you're talking with a friend in this room today on your way out over dinner or coffee in the coming weeks, can I encourage you, and I say this to myself as well, let's ask one another the deep questions. Let's ask one another what we think God might be doing. Let's ask one another what we're worried about or what we're dreaming of. Let's think about what God might want to say to one another. Take a risk and share something if you think that you can see what God is doing. Pray with and for one another that God would be speaking. He is the ultimate source of truth and love. He is the truth and he is love. And that is just a wonderful togetherness that comes as we bring each other before God. I love that the prayer team do this every week. They listen to God for us. And wasn't it amazing, those of us who were here last week, just to hear Jennifer's story? And although this is kind of a public example of that, it's just a really small example of what I'm talking about. So um, Adam on the prayer team, he felt like he heard God. We shared from the front kind of his impression. Jennifer responded to that. And that's a vulnerable thing to do in itself. She got prayed for, God healed her. And then she came back the next week, another vulnerable thing to do, come and share before us what God had done. That encourages us as a community, and that builds us up. Let's have more of it. So our vision for community is one in which we truly value one another, one in which we know and are known by one another, and one in which we can outwork both of those things by speaking truth and speaking love to one another. So as Jackson said, we are way more concerned uh, with who we are becoming as a community than what we are going to do 
Um, but that doesn't mean that we want our community to be just inwardly focused and kind of turned in on itself. We do want to do much good in the different places where God has put us. And uh, two verses that keep on returning to mind when we thought and prayed about the South Service over the last few years. Um, the first one is from Ephesians 2, verse 10, and it says, We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he has prepared in advance for us to do. Another verse has that as we are God's masterpiece. And I love this idea of God kind of skillfully and patiently and lovingly forming us together into this beautiful thing that is able to do much good in the places there, that we are. And the other verse is from Hebrews uh, chapter 10. And in that the author says, let us consider how, may, how we may spur one another on to love and good works. You see, God has got good for us to do, specific things that we are called to do, specific things that we are best placed to do, maybe because of the resources that he has put in this room, maybe because of the different passions and talents, maybe just because of the different places that he has put us. But there are things for us to do, and we want to be the kind of community that encourages one another to do it, that excels in encouraging one another towards love and towards good works. We want to be a community that is always encouraging one another to love, even when love is really hard. And to do stuff, even when doing nothing, is always easier to do. And whatever it is that we as individuals, as connect groups, as even the service get involved in, we want to make sure that our doing good is grounded in those same values of how we want to build community here. We want everything we do to communicate to the people of South London that they are valued and valuable that they are known to God and that they are worth knowing to us. That's one of the amazing things I love about our food bank in Vauxhall, which we heard a little bit about before. So people come there at a time when they are in desperate straits, where they need food, and they come and they receive food, but they get so much more than that. They get people who are willing to sit down and talk with them over a cup of tea. They get people who are willing to listen to them and their stories, people who are willing to pray with or for them. And that just communicates that you are valuable, that you are worth helping, that there is something intrinsically valuable in you, that you matter. It's the same with our involvement uh, with uh, mentoring refugees, with the Refugee Support Network, the same with helping out at the Robes Night Shelter. It's the same thing that happens when people from Christchurch get involved with cap money courses or befriending the elderly or helping out with any number of local projects and charities. It's not just doing good that we're about, it's communicating people have real value. If you're part of our Facebook group, uh, which you, if you're not, I'd recommend you do, at CCL South, if you're interested. Um, but you would have seen a couple of weeks ago that I put a post on there about um, Olivia's school. So Olivia is our five-year-old, and her school was having an aspirations week, and they were inviting parents to come in and talk about their jobs. And because I'm a governor there, I said, would it be okay if I could try and find some people with different types of jobs to come in as well? And so I put a shout out on Facebook. Um, and so far, we've had Ali come in to talk about being a vet, which the kids absolutely loved. Um, Hannah came in to talk about her work with Refugee Support Network. Mrs. Lynch, Olivia's teacher, just could not say enough nice things about Hannah. She absolutely loved her, as we all do, obviously. Um, and I think we've got about four other people from Christchurch who are going to go in. And yes, this is amazing that we kind of get to broaden these kids' horizons about what they might do when they grow up. But the most amazing thing is that by going in and by taking time out of busy schedules and by talking with them and answering questions, they're communicating, you kids are worth this. You are valuable. You're worth inspiring and spending our time this way. So yeah, whatever we do, we want the message underneath it all to be, you are valuable, you are known, and you are worth our time because you are valuable to God, because you are known by him and you are worth the life of Jesus. 
And whilst our actions can and do communicate this, we think it's also really important to speak this. So as well as speaking within our community, we want to be people who speak wherever we are. Um, some of you may know that um, Jack, Davina, our housemate, and I were really challenged by Pete Gregg when he came to our service just before Christmas about praying more. And so every Tuesday night now, we uh, just meet for an hour in our basement uh, to pray, and you are all very welcome. This Tuesday, we're having pancakes and prayer, if that kind of encourages you a bit more. So it's just for an hour, eight to nine in Oval. And we were praying for the service a couple of weeks ago, and um, as we were praying, this, just, this verse came to mind. And so I looked it up, I read it, and I thought... This is great, so I prayed it, but it's kind of stuck with me since then. And I'm wondering, maybe, is this kind of a word from God for us as a community at this time? And uh, it's from the book of Acts, and the context of this is that the, uh, the Apostle Paul has gone uh, to the city of Corinth, and he is there trying to persuade the Jewish population that the Messiah that they've been waiting for is actually Jesus. Jesus has come. So he's in the synagogue week in, week out, teaching them, and loads of people start finding faith in Jesus. And then uh, the Jewish leadership gets a little annoyed at this, and they kick him out of the synagogue. And um, you've got to love this about Paul. He moves next door, literally next door to the synagogue, and he keeps on teaching. And loads of Greeks and loads of Jews come to faith in Jesus, including the synagogue ruler. Um, and so the Jewish leadership gets even more annoyed, and they start thinking, how can we shut this guy up permanently? And this happens elsewhere in the book of Acts, and normally at this point, Paul decides to get out of town. So the kind of Christian community says, probably best if you leave now, and he goes somewhere else and starts preaching. But this time is different. This time he has a vision of Jesus, and this is what Jesus says to him. He says, do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent. For I am with you, and no one is going to attack and harm you, because I have many people in this city. So Paul stays there for at least another year and a half, and he sees loads of people find faith in Jesus and join the growing church. And we're feeling like maybe this is a word of God for us in this season. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent. Do not be afraid, for God is with us, and he has many people in this city. Friends, we want to encourage you this morning. We want to encourage ourselves this morning to make a habit of speaking to make a habit of speaking of Jesus and our life with him to our friends and neighbors and co-workers and even people in the street, to make a habit of sharing our walk with him and saying that this life is available too. We want to encourage us to make a habit of speaking words of encouragement over all the people in our lives, to be people who are always building people up and encouraging, who are always looking for the good in people and speaking it out. We want to encourage us to get in the habit of being the first to make a move, the first people to initiate introductions and conversations and invitations to play dates and dinner parties or nights at the pub or whatever it is that we are involved in. We want to make a habit of encouraging people, of encouraging us to pray with and for people, to work out how to follow those promptings of the Spirit and to share that in a way that isn't overly religious and weird, but it's just an expression of love. And we want to encourage us not to be afraid not to be afraid of ridicule, not to be afraid of rejection, not to be afraid of that kind of awkwardness that can happen, of people just not being interested or misunderstanding what we are saying. We are not to be afraid, but we are to keep on speaking, not be silent because God is with us and he has many people in this city. We really do believe that. Many people who are looking for love and hope and freedom, but just in all the wrong places. Many people who are searching for a connection with kind of a spirituality, a, a higher power, if you will, but they just don't know where to go for that. Many people who are looking for a community where they can feel known and loved and valued. 
Many people who are looking for friends who will be there for them and champion them. Looking for neighbors who are just good neighbors to be around, who they can count on. And you know what? We get to be those people. We get to be that community. We get to be those people that speak love and encouragement over people. We get to talk about this amazing Jesus, this Jesus who has come into our life and changed us, this love, this hope, this peace that we have found. We get to point people towards him. But it does take us speaking. And so that is our encouragement. We need to keep speaking. You know, there was one other thing from this verse that I really wanted to talk about today. Um, and that is that God is telling you all to stay in London. I mean, that's, that's obvious, isn't it, from this verse, that God's saying, stay. You can only speak if you stay. Um, but that's obviously me. <laughs> that's, that's not God. I mean, even Paul only stayed 18 months. I mean, his calling to Corinth was short term. So I can't really use that as a reason to get you all to stay, even though I would love to. And Jackson and I would really love that. We'd love as many of you as possible to make London your home, to kind of buy houses here and raise families here and build businesses here and invest in this church community and these communities that we live in for the long term, because that's what we're going to do. That's what we are here for. We're going to do that. But we know that that is us and that is maybe not all of you. And we know that for many really good reasons, lots of you are only here for the short or midterm, and that is really okay. One of the ways we kind of internally reconciled ourselves to this is to think of ourselves as a foster family, or a good foster family. And a good foster family doesn't think, well, we're not sure how long this kid's going to be around, so it's probably best not to get too emotionally involved. I mean, that would be an awful foster family. A good foster family treats everyone that comes into the home as one of their children, because they are for that time. And so for as long as you guys are here, you are part of the family, and we will love you like that. And even if you're going to be here for a few months, we would say, use this time and get stuck in. Be part of community life in the greatest way that you can. It's easy to think that it's the next season of life where everything happens. It's the next season of life where kind of God really moves. And we're just waiting for that. We're waiting for the next season. And this happened to us just recently. As some of you may know, um, we're kind of in the process of moving from a flat in Stockwell to a house in Stockwell. And for some reason, we have found ourselves renting a, hat, not, a house not in Stockwell. So we're just 20 minutes down the road, but it can make kind of a big difference. And so we're kind of waiting to get back to like our dream place in Stockwell. And we realized at the beginning of the year that that's exactly what we were doing. We were waiting. And one night, Jack said to us, we, we can't do that. We have to live now as we want to live then. And so we uh, sat down and we went through our diaries and we started inviting over old neighbors and nursery friends and school friends um, and family and you guys. And so far this year, we've had 60 people through our house. Most of those have eaten around our table. This is what we want to do then, so we want to do that now. And that will be our encouragement to you. What you want to do then, do that now. Even if this isn't the community you're going to be in forever, live now as you want to live then. That's a choice that we have. And we would encourage you to live here and now with us like you want to live then. Start becoming the person here and now with us that you want to be then. Start building the community that you want to be a part of now, here and now with us, like you want to do then. Give yourselves to us and this community for as long as you are here. We will give ourselves to you. And let's together work out how to do this kind of church in central London thing. Um, so I like to ask questions, um, and before we finish, 
Um, I just want to take some time to draw together kind of the vision for community that we've set out alongside the vision for mission that we have set out and ask us some questions. Firstly, who are we becoming? Who are you becoming? And who do you want to become? Are you known? Do you feel valued? Are you taking opportunities to speak love and speak truth? Have you felt that you have been silent or been silenced? And is that because of fear? What is it that you need to keep on speaking about? One of the things that we want for and we long for here in the South Service is that we would increasingly experience the Holy Spirit empowering us to become the people that we want to become and also to live the lives that God has made us to live, that he's created us for. We were reminded a number of times in this worship series about the importance of corporate worship, of being together. And God has been speaking to us as a whole church and also to us as a service, asking us to expect that as we gather together, he will come in power, that he will bring himself and encounter us. Um, as we've been kind of preparing this talk, Hannah has shared a word with us um, about that. Um, and the verses that Tim shared from Acts also speak of an assurance of the Holy Spirit's power. So as we've been thinking and talking and writing this talk, this is something that we have been praying as well, that God would give us more of his Holy Spirit, that he would empower us to be and to do all of that. We all need more of the Holy Spirit. We pray that he would give us the strength and the courage and the grace and the perseverance to do and to be unafraid of building this community that speaks love and speaks truth, both inside these walls and in our homes and also outside. Um, can we have the band back up? The small, <laughs> the small band. Doing a great job, guys. Um, so in a few moments, we are going to sing again, and then we're going to take communion together as well. And after that, Tim and I would just love to pray for us and to ask the Holy Spirit to come. We have kind of sat on our stools and shared what we feel like God has put in us in terms of building community and in terms of speaking love and truth, not just to one another, but outside of these walls. But we need God to help us do that. So we're going to do that in just a moment. We'll clear these stools away. But for now, let us come back to the one that we are doing this all for, for the person that this is all for. We're talking about Jesus, and we are here for Jesus. He is the one who pursues us, who pursues our hearts. He is the one who fully knows us. He is the first one who valued us. He's the one who came to us on a mission, who so valued us and wanted us that he came to us to bring us into his community. Let's stand. Thank you for listening. For more information or for further podcasts and downloads, please visit ChristChurchLondon.org.